0: Hello, FCS Nation. It's time for your show. Stone Labanowitz, we're here coming to you from the site of the National Championship Game Frisco, Texas. This week's show is chock full of nougat about this National Championship Game. Between the number one seed South Dakota State, Jackrabbits, and the number two seed Montana Grizzlies. Stone,
1: let everybody know what we got this week. Yeah, like you said, Kev, we're on site. Frisco, Texas, a little chillier than I would have liked it. But this show, I think it's a masterpiece. Coming up in the next segment, it's Jason Eck, head coach of the Idaho Vandals. He preaches the gospel. He says a lot of good things about the South Dakota State squad, a squad that he used to coach and call the shots for. He also has seen Montana, he's seen Clifton McDowell, he knows all about Bobby. At this point, I think everybody knows all about Bobby. Like I said, he gives us just gold. Mark Gronowski, how to attack that South Dakota State offensive line, and how Montana's defensive line is going to give the 605 Hogs some trouble. The mailbag segment, one of our tried and true segments of the year where we get peppered with questions from our Twitter followers, and we do our best to answer that. That's where we bring on Lucas Sem, the coach Gene Clemens. Like you said, full of nougat. I love that, Cav. I'm going to start using that. And then in the last segment, the pick segment. Of course, we've been hot all season long, but as the games have dwindled, we've dialed it in. And, of course... I think you know which side we all lean. Kev, we're in Frisco, Texas. It's going down in a few days. Who are you excited to see? Who are you not excited to see? Well, look, Stone, the list of folks who I'm happy to see
0: every year is much longer than that other thing you just mentioned, my friend. But Sam Herder from Hero Sports, always good to see Sam. The Jax Illustrated guys, the FCS Fans Nation guys, you know, great content from those particular fellows and better people. But the one person that I really look forward to seeing more than anybody else each year at this time of the year is that fellow that knows all the stats, man. You know, we're 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 buddies. But as I was thinking about this game, and we're going to go into it in a lot of depth here in just a little bit, what happens if Montana wins, Stone? Where would this rank on a list of monumental upsets in the FCS title game? And there have been a few going back to the 1AA days. I tried to wrap my head around it in just sports in general. You know, when the clearly the best team plays a team that's maybe not as good on paper or at every position. The thing about football is that the best team doesn't always win. You know, things can happen in this football game, fumbles, interceptions, you know, mistakes on both sides, which is what gives all of this a lot of, man, it's must-see TV, that's why we're here, because we think we know what's going to happen, but you never really know, do you, Stone?
1: No, you honestly never do, Kevin. That's something we frequently talk about. What I find interesting, though, in a spot like this is, if Montana does win, I don't think we'll be calling it an upset. We're going to be giving Montana all the praise, talking about how they saw it coming. I think fans, the audience, beat writers, people who cover the subdivision, are going to point out the reasons why they knew this was going to happen. They're going to use this as an I told you so moment, because I think as we inch closer to this game, I personally find it more and more feasible that Montana can win this game. There are things that they can do. There are guys on that roster that are built tough and that can beat this South Dakota State squad. As we get closer and closer to kickoff, this line's going to creep itself down depending where you're at. For those of you who use MontanaSportsBet.com, you'll find this line at 10.5. And of course that's because the Grizz fans are buying every bit of that 12 when it opened up. Of course that's the money coming in, but I have said this from the very jump when this line opened, that I think this should be a 9.5 point spread. I think this these two teams are ready for each other when you look at what South Dakota State can do up front yeah it's a little scary but there are other ways they can beat them there are some things that coach Jason X said in an interview we had this week what they do on the defensive front that 3-3 stack they're gonna have some numbers that South Dakota State's gonna have a hard time dealing with I find that super interesting because first and ten is where my eyes go in this game if Isaiah Davis gets held to no gain, if he goes for one or two and you can get them to throw the ball and it goes incomplete and you can get that first turnover, your goal for Montana is to make the Jacks question themselves. I think Montana has the defense to make anybody question themselves and nobody's really giving them enough credit. We're going to get into depth with Coach Jason Neck about stacking the box and making Mark beat you with his arm. I say all of these things because I truly do think as we get closer to kickoff, Montana has better shot at winning this game than I think the rest of the country is giving them. Kevin, I think when we dial it in, there's one key matchup here, and it's the Montana defense for the South Dakota State offense. When you go down the list of the games that South Dakota State has played in, me and you have broken down a lot of tape this week. Which defense was it? They're 14-0, by the way, right? Surprise to nobody. But which defense was it that gave them the most trouble? Well, without a doubt, that's got to be your Saluki stone
0: and I think the secondary was a big part of that. But you know a little bit more about the SIU Salukis and that squad than I do, so you tell me how that squad was able to hold down that fine offense for the Jackrabbits.
1: Yeah, there's a reason that I've been saying you want to stack the box and make Mark beat you with his arm because that's exactly what Southern Illinois did. What you're going to see from Montana, which you haven't seen all that often— is some quarters. You're going to see these safeties kind of all on the same line, whether it's 7 to 10 yards. They're going to be low hanging. It's going to turn into catch man, something that South Dakota State does themselves, and they're going to dare the Yankee Twins. They're going to dare Hines to run by them. Zach Luan, offensive coordinator for South Dakota State, he's taken his shots, but he's waited for his spots. I think he's going to have to force it in some spots, and I think that's where things get interesting, because they usually are up and have a lead on teams and can take shots when a team's least expecting it right you get into plus territory you're on the 45 it's first and 10 you can go double post with the Yankee twins and send Amar Johnson up the sideline you can do those things right Mark Runowski, you feel as if you're playing with house money but if this is a 7-7 game and it's third and eight it's an obvious passing down Montana has the advantage in a spot like that just like Southern Illinois did their guys are a lot more fluid on the back end than pretty much anybody they've seen all season long and that pass rush guys like Riley Wilson and stuff whether it's him green dogging or, or whether it's them running games up front they're going to make mark get rid of the ball early and that's something that i don't think mark's too fond of he's a really good quarterback when he's given rpo situations and he's able to decipher what a defense is going to do or what they plan to do which helps a lot because they've had obviously a couple of weeks to prepare for this game in particular but i i think we're going to see a lot of low-hanging quarters some low-hanging safeties and they're going to dare south dakota state and their offensive skill players to run by them and i just don't think they can kev so i like montana on obvious passing downs this weekend and i I think they give the Jacks trouble on third downs. Something that intrigues me a lot, Kevin, I want to throw this at you. What kind of game does Clifton McDowell have to play if the Grizz want to win this thing? I
0: think the key word has to be clean and explosive. Can't turn the ball over. Can't make that throw like he did against Furman where there was nobody else around and you just throw it to the other team. And when he gets out of the pocket, which he's going to need to do to create some matchup problems with that South Dakota State defense, don't put the ball on the ground. Know the difference between trying to do something to help your team win a game but nobody really feels like you have all all that great of an opportunity to win. Know the difference between doing a good thing to get to that goal and doing something reckless and hero-ball-y to hurt your team from being able to get to that goal which you're trying to achieve
1: and I think one thing Clifton has to realize that I'm not sure Pease and Hauk realize which I say that and I don't actually mean that because they do, they have all the T's crossed and the I's dotted, I get it, but if Montana tries to establish the run, it's only going to put Clifton in awkward situations I don't want to see Clifton on his first couple of third downs staring at third and 10, third and 12, that's really what I don't want to see, I want Clifton to be playing loose X said something and I want to reiterate it before we get to it in the next segment, but Clifton McDowell's biggest weapon is emotional stability. He uses all the three C's, right? Calm, cool, and collected. He's so good in some of these tight situations. I mean, come on. We saw it in Missoula against the Bison. Overtime. Clutch. Nothing but clutch. That's what Clifton's been known to do, but the explosiveness, Kev, you hit on it, I'm going to hit on it even more. If he can get outside of the pocket, make that first guy miss, if he is hot off of one side, and he can make that guy miss and get outside the pocket and find Keelan White for 45, find Junior Bergen for a 60-yard score. Those are the Types of plays that are going to make South Dakota State pause and go, okay, we're in a football game here and that's all you want to do. You just want to give yourself a shot. Make the other team, make the team that's won 28 games in a row say, okay, we're in a football game. If you can do that, it's game on. This place is going to be 50-50. I'm excited to see the split. I think Clifton plays a big part in this. Like I said, I do not want to see Montana try to establish the run because no team's had success doing it, so don't even try it. Put it on Clifton's shoulders and Clifton's got to play a pretty damn near flawless game, but I think he's capable of doing it. And that's going to do it for segment one. Stick with us during the break and when you get back, you're going to hear from The head coach of the Idaho Vandals, Jason Eck, he had so many cool things to say. He's so qualified to talk about both of these squads. He knows Jimmy Rogers. He knows what Stig left him. He knows all about Bobby Howe. Montana walked into the Kibbe Dome and beat them. He knows everything there is to know about both of these two teams. And he talks some pretty damn good X's and O's because that's what he knows best. We broke the interview up into two different parts. You're going to get a chance to hear a seven-minute chunk coming up next when you get back from the break, and then after that, a 15-minute where Eck just talks about the game plan for both teams and who he thinks is going to win. He even gives a nice little score prediction. So like I said, stick with us during the break. When you get back, head coach Jason Eck. You're listening to FCS Nation Radio on the Palmetto Radio Network.
0: You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network.
2: You've been the best at times
3: walk
4: through my darkest What must around? myself. You know, it's just a kind of new era, and you know, we gotta figure our way through it and adapt. And that's uh that's kind of life. You know, those dinosaurs didn't adapt very well. That's why they're not around anymore. So I don't wanna be a dinosaur. We're gonna keep figuring it out and uh, navigating this new uh atmosphere. I love you.
0: And we're back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Very pleased to be joined by Mr. Jason Eck, head football coach. University of Idaho Vandals. Coach Eck, thanks for making the time. We feel like you're uniquely qualified to talk about this FCS title game. You were an OC for the Jackrabbits. You played Montana real tough this year. What kind of ball game are you expecting down there, Coach?
4: You know, I think it should be a great football game. You know, I, I enjoyed watching those uh, semifinals of the FBS the other day on, on New Year's Day. So I'm hoping we can have just as good of a game, uh, you know, on Sunday uh, between the Grizz and the Jackrabbits. I think the, uh, you know, it's it's an intriguing matchup. I, I think they clearly were the two best teams this year in FCS, the way it worked out. Uh, you know, I think Montana's uh, defense being a little bit, you know, different with that 3-3, you know, odd stack that they do could, you know, could give potentially some blocking count issues to uh, South Dakota State. Uh, you know, they do have a little extra time to prepare, which probably helps going against a, a different defense you haven't faced. Uh, you know, the special teams can be an X factor, I think, for both teams. But, uh, you know, I think for Montana, they, I think they may need to get a, a big play there. And, uh, you know. Than the the Montana offense. I mean, they've played so well, you know, since they got, uh, you know, made the quarterback change and got him into the lineup. And he's been doing a great job for them. And uh, South Dakota State's kind of, uh, you know, not as many stars on defense, but a very good defense. So I I think it's a real intriguing, uh, great matchup. And, you know, Coach Houck is such a veteran coach. And Jimmy, uh, in his first year as the head coach, it's, uh, you know, a lot of intriguing storylines.
1: Yeah. How excited are you about this head coach matchup? Bobby Houck, Jimmy Rogers, first year at the helm for Jimbo, hasn't lost a game. What's to be said about both of these guys and the job they've done? This season uh you know
4: i think tremendous i think uh you look at what uh coach House done his team has improved a lot throughout the season and uh, i think that's a sign of good coaching you know early, early in the year they weren't playing their best football you know they uh you know won a game narrowly against a, you know, a good division two team but not not a national champion you know division two team or anything and then uh to be where they are winning so many you know 10-something straight games. They're playing at a really high level. And then, uh, you know, Jimmy, uh, you know, came into this situation with about as high expectations as you could have. You know, it's been national right. Or bust all year and uh he's one game away from uh taking care of
0: business with that. Coach Eckle, coaches get to where they are, especially head coaches, by being a little stubborn, wanting to do it their way and feeling like their way is the best way. How hard is it for an old dog like Bobby Howe to change his spots in the middle of the season like this?
4: Well, you know, I think you're always trying to do what, what wins, you know, and uh you know, they they, they they tweak their offense a little bit. They've gone to these big splits now, which is uh you know, changed what they were doing. But uh, you know, I, I think that might have stemmed from their game against. Idaho State. You know, Idaho State played him really tough, uh, played them within a touchdown in Missoula earlier this year. And Idaho State's used really big splits as part of their offense. And, you know, I, I, I would guess that was part of some of the inspiration, you know, but, you know, Bobby saying, hey, we're more talented than these guys. And these guys are playing well with this. Why don't we try this? And, uh, you know, I, I, I do think you better evolve in coaching, man. There's a lot of fluidity in the, the game of college football and just how, uh, you know, the schemes have evolved over time. And, you know, now there's even more stuff with the recruiting changing and the portal and NIL. Uh, I think good coaches find a way uh, to evolve and uh, you know, I think Jimmy's uh, you know, Rogers has taken a lot of things that coach Stig uh, did very well there, but then also putting his own spin, spin on things and evolving it there and, and making their program better. So I think these are both coaches are showing the ability to evolve and and uh, you know adjust in a positive way
1: having a chat here with Jason Eck head coach of the Idaho Vandals joining us again blessed to be joined by Mr. Eck head man for the Idaho Vandals like I had mentioned nine and four season six and two in the big sky something that I wanted to get into with you you've had control of what we call now the 605 hogs at one point how do you penetrate these guys you've had three weeks to prepare you know if there is any way to penetrate them I mean how
4: they're good man uh, you know these guys are good I, I should have trademarked that 605 hogs when I was there because <laughs> (laughs) I got everyone who came up with that. But uh, uh, they're doing well. Coach Ryan Olson, uh, you know, I worked with him. He was the tight ends coach when I was there and then moved him over to O-line. He's done a tremendous job with those guys. Um, You know, I I think it's tough to, uh, if if you're sitting ducks and and they know right where you're going to be, I think you got no chance because they're going to roll you off the ball if you're just sitting there in the B-gap and uh, Garrett Greenfield and Mason McCormick are double teaming you. So I I think you got to try to create some confusion, uh, move. Now that that is kind of Montana's forte. I mean, they're going to give you a lot of different looks. Uh, They're going to have a lot of different moves movements, a lot of different stunts. And, uh, you know, when they when they have uh, success with that, you know, and they're rolling with that, it's tough. You know, you know, Montana State got after them a little bit at the end of last year you know the last game of the 2022 season but really they've been stout against the run against everybody this year so that's going to be an intriguing matchup but uh you know that's a veteran group you know again four four of those five uh you know played a lot for me when I was there back in uh, 2021 uh, and then uh, the, the right tackle who they added uh, was a transfer from Bowling green and he's done a nice job as well so they're, they're certainly excellent and I think that's one of the key sub matches in the game you know if, if the 605 hogs have a great game you know South Dakota State's going to win this football game i think my Montana's got to find a way to, you know, screw up some of their counts, get them off balance, try to get some uh, blocking errors and uh, get some TFLs to get the Jackrabbits off schedule.
0: Coach, talk about Alex Gubner for a minute. They say a great player is somebody you have to scheme around to run your thing. He's one of those players, isn't
4: he? Uh, He's a great player. You know, first team all-conference, all-American type guy. You know, he's kind of the one real big guy in their defense. You know, a lot of their other guys are kind of built around athleticism and speed. But, uh, you know, he's a load in there. Uh, I think he's very good at executing, you know, they do a lot of different things with him and different stunts, you know, they'll line him up as a zero head up on the center. They'll line him up in the a gap, they'll line him up in the B gap. Uh, you know, he, he kind of makes it go. You know, he makes it go in the middle, and uh, you know, having him be such a force inside uh, gives him freedom to do a lot of other things. Where you know, sometimes they're getting to four man fronts, walking up a you know a linebacker in the B gap on the other side of him. But uh, uh, you know, he's a big guy who can take uh, you know take on double teams, and hold the point. He can. Uh, get off blocks he can you know you know execute movements pretty well for a big guy so uh, he's a load in there and i mean that's going to be a, a key matchup him against the interior offensive line of south dakota state yeah that i saw sense. the the center of south dakota state and i saw I just won the remington award uh, gus miller for the top uh FCS center, so I mean that's going to be a heck of a matchup. The Remington Award winner against Governor is probably the best nose guard in the country.
1: Mark Gronowski, uh, let's have a chat about him real quick. All he knows how to do is win ball games. It's it, it just what it seems like what he was born to do. What's he going to have to do on Sunday though, if this Montana team wants to get numbers in the box and force Mark to take flight with that football? What's what kind of game is Mark going to have to have if they want to win?
4: Well, I, I think he's ready for the task. You know, he, he's kind of the uh, the FCS Tim Tebow with all the <laughs> leadership and character and running ability he throws it better than Tebow. So uh, I, I still think that's probably your best bet against the Jack rabbits is, uh, you know, to try to stack the box to take away Isaiah Davis, but you know, it, it- Mark can make throws now, you know, Mark can make throws. He can, uh, uh, you know, if he gets one-on-one matchups with the Gronowski or with the Yankee twins outside, if he gets one-on-one matchups and Zach Hines, he can hurt you with those. Uh, You know, I also think the Jackrabbits do a good job with their plus one running game using him as a runner. You know, he had a big touchdown last year on a quarterback power that was for about 55 yards in the the championship game against North Dakota state. So if they are heavy in the box, I, I would, you know, expect to see some quarterback run game. You know, now you got Isaiah Davis as a 220 pound fullback, you know, leading the the running mark behind him. So, uh, you know, he's a great player, you know, again, uh, pretty amazing to, you know, his three years, he's been, uh, uh, you know, starters playing the national championship game, you know, obviously got hurt in the the game when I was there in in, uh, the spring season, uh, that led him to the championship last year, but, uh, you know, his legacy, I think will go down as one of the great, you know, FCS quarterbacks, uh, ever. And, uh, you know they'll probably put some pressure on him to, to beat you. I still think the uh, you want to to me if you're playing a team that's got a great running and a great passing attack, you still probably want to try to stop the running attack because you know maybe it ends up being a windy day down there in Texas and it hurts the passing game or something. But uh, uh so I, I expect him to have a big day and uh, have a lot of key matchups to to win some one on one matchups. And you know for Montana to make to get the win, I you know they have good corners and stuff. They're gonna have to do a great job uh to stop the run put guys in the box and then win you know have those corners make some some good plays in the perimeter one-on-one.
1: Timmy Tebow is the cop head coach of the Idaho Vandals Jason Eck throws Mark Grnowski's way hey, the other side of the ball or the other sideline Clifton McDowell um found lightning in a bottle it seems like with him this season Hauk landed right at home with Clifton he's been phenomenal he's dynamite he's got guys around him what's to be said about Clifton? I uh, mean,
4: had a great year and, uh, you know, I think they just settled on him, you know, really around the the, the UC Davis game right before us. And he, sure. he's played a, re- a really high level. You know, I think he's got a lot of uh, emotional stability. I don't think he gets too high, doesn't get too low. Uh, you know, there's been times where he made some mistakes this year, but I don't think it rattles him too much. You know, I don't think the moment's too big for him. He's played well in big games. Uh, You know, I think he can do a good job with his feet too, which I think will be critical against the Jackrabbit defense. You'll have to have some times where he extends plays. Uh, You know, they'll have to use him in the quarterback run game. And then, uh, you know, he's showing the ability to, to, you know, create some explosive plays. You know, they, they had a big slot fade from him to Junior Bergen. That was a huge play in our game early in the first half when they built their lead against us. And, uh, you know, he was very good. He's such a big guy. He's, you know, when they run him on third and three, you know, if you hit him with two yard at two yards, he's
0: probably going to fall forward. And <laughs> he so
4: he's played at a high level and then he'll, he'll be another guy. They'll need him to play at a high level for them to pull the upset.
0: Coach, you mentioned Zach Hines. He's been like Elf on the Shelf this year, right? He, all the Jackrabbit people were like, "Where's Zach Hines? Where's Zach Hines?" Well, come November, here he is. What is it about Brookings, South Dakota, and that system that says, "Hey, come here and play tight end. I can get, I can get you millions of dollars for doing it."
4: They've had a run, and I, you know, heck, it was long. It was long before I, I got there. I mean, they, they had a guy Steve Hayden who had a great career in the NFL. Is coached in the NFL now, and uh, Colin Koshart, and then. Uh, Uh, You know, Dallas Goddard is having a heck of a career in the next level. Tucker Kraft's playing really well for the Packers now. And now, uh, you know, Zach's just uh, continued that tradition. And Zach has some of the best hands. You know, I I think he's probably. uh, uh, you know, and those other guys have good hands, Tucker Craft and Dallas Goddard, but he probably has the best hands of those Ooh. three. So he's such a weapon in the red zone and, and he's humongous. You know, he's 6'7", he's, you know, 260, you know, he's a big body, he's a, he's a willing blocker. I think he's, uh, you know, he, he may not be a draft pick like Goddard and in, uh, in Craft, but I still could see him playing 10 years in the NFL, you know, being a blocker and being a red, red zone threat. Uh, but he, he's outstanding in the red zone. Uh, you know, definitely a, uh, you know, a difference maker for them. And I think he'll be critical in the run game too, to make sure they can run the ball against that Montana defense that has been so good against the run this year.
1: Coach, I'm not going to sit here and get you in trouble trying to talk gambling. So I'll keep this very blanketed, but just straight up. Do you think this South Dakota state team is two touchdowns better than this Montana team on its face?
4: I think they're a willing, fa- you know, a, a, a very deserved favorite. You know, I, I think Montana's a an underdog. You know, again, I, I would not be surprised, though, to see, you know, Montana. Uh, I'd be surprised if Montana can pull the upset and win outright, but uh, would not be at all surprised if, you know, South Dakota State beats them by seven or something like that. Uh, so I can see definitely Montana making this a close game. And, you know, I, I do think, uh, you know, if I'm Montana, I want to get this game close in the fourth quarter. Because <laughs> yep. I, I do think, uh, you know, with this season kind of all the way being national championship or bust, if, if I'm Montana, I want to see how, you know, South Dakota State reacts in the fourth quarter, if it's a real tight game or if they're down. And, uh, you know, again, they, probably South Dakota State will still rise to the challenge, but, you know, obviously there's a little bit more pressure on them. I think, uh, you know, Montana, you know, this is the first time they've been to the championship game in a while. I think they're playing with a little bit more house money in these playoffs.
1: How how aggressive do you expect Brent Pease and this Montana offense to be? I call South Dakota State's defense, the I Dare You defense. You'll see these safeties hanging out at like 8 to 10 yards. A lot of it turns into catch man no matter what it looks like at first. A lot of mag. Do you expect to see shots down the field with this Montana team? Do you think they finish the game with more pass attempts than rush attempts?
4: Uh, you know what? I, I think you got to stay balanced. I think it's got to be a mix of uh... – You know, trying to bleed the jackrabbits and get those four and five yard runs to keep the chains moving. You got to avoid lost yardage plays, but you are able to. I I go back, you know, I, I was on the sidelines the last time. You know the Jackrabbits lost to an FCS team, which was way back in '21, and uh, Montana State was able to to beat us, getting some 50-50 balls, you know, down the sideline, and you know had some receivers go up and make some great plays. And again, I, I think I think really Montana has three very talented receivers. I think Bergen's probably the best, but the other guys are pretty good too. Uh, I think they're going to have to hit some big plays. You know, I, I don't I don't think you're going to consistently just you know, five, seven, eight, and drive the ball on South Dakota State all day. I mean, I think you need to create maybe five 20-yard-plus plays during the game uh, that can have a big effect in, in either score or set-up scores uh, on on those drives. And uh, You know, it may, might come from the running game. I think their back is a good player. You know, he had a big run against us early in the game in the first half, about a 50-yard run that set up one of their scoring drives. But, um, you know, I I do think especially if they can get, uh, you know, their best guys get Junior Bergen matched up against the Sam Backer, the nickel and man or the safeties and man, I think those are the matchups Montana is going to want to try to attack probably even more so than the corners uh, to try to create some big plays because I think you need to against the Jackrabbits. I don't think you can count on just consistently moving the ball against them all day.
0: With the special teams, Coach, when I was at the Citadel, it was discussed that Randy Moss was not going to beat us in the punt return game or the kickoff return game. We punted the ball out of bounds every time. We kicked the ball out of bounds every time because starting up at the 30 or, or uh, uh, wherever the ball went out of bounds on a punt is better than it being six points and strike up the band, right? So is this just poor execution by these uh, uh, special teams guys, or is it just hubris? Well,
4: you know, one Bergen's a great player and, uh, you know, it's, it's tough when you're dealing with against great players. And it's also tough when you, when you get to the playoffs, it's tough to to all of a sudden do something you haven't done all year. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's, that, that's a tough decision coaching staffs have to make. And you gotta, you know, you got to do a really good job of evaluating your own people and evaluating who you're going against, uh, to come up with a game plan. But it is, it is tough to do things you've never done this late in the year. And, you know, have those, uh, you know, new tricks when it's something you haven't practiced through, you know, now we're looking at, you know, like the fifth month of the season. Uh, but you know, certainly, you know, both these pump returners are good. I think both pump returners have, uh, both Tucker large and, uh, junior Bergen have returned kicks, you know, for touchdowns in the playoffs. They're both weapons. And, you know, I think particularly Montana is the underdog. I think they need a big play on special teams, uh, to, to get an edge in this game. And, uh, you know, we, we we didn't kick it out of bounds. We played Junior Bergen, but we were able to get really good hang time on all of our punts, and we kept them to no returns. It was all fair catches and things, uh, which, you know, I think can be a good strategy as well. Uh, you know, you, you never know the conditions down there, how the wind's going to play a factor. I, I think if I remember correctly, the wind isn't a huge factor in that stadium the way it's configured, but uh, you certainly can't let that guy be. And, you know, again, I, if you're looking at chinks in the armors, you know, I know in the Montana State game, a big play in the game was a blocked punt that Montana State got against you know, South Dakota State. So I, I certainly think that may be uh, as vulnerable as any uh, aspect of the Jack team and an area that Montana would have to capitalize on to, to pull the upset.
1: A few more for you here, Coach. Having a chat with Jason Deck, the head man for the Idaho Vandals. This is a toughie, so prepare yourself for this one. Has there ever been another human being inside the Kibby Dome that wears Citadel swag ever, like ever before, or is Probably it just not. Kevin Marshall?
4: He he may be the only person who's ever heard of the Citadel who's watching the <laughs> I don't know if people are even aware Damn, of the- That's cold. Really.
2: That's cold, <laughs>
1: coach. It's kind of an, cool. an alternative uh, universe. I love it. I absolutely love it. Hey, what are your plans for this game? Are you going to be watching? Well, I'll be down. I'm, I'm heading down. We have our, uh, AFCA
4: convention, American football coaches association convention down in uh, Nashville, uh, this weekend. So I'll get in the town Saturday and, uh, you know, probably find a little, uh, Sports bar watering hole to check it out with some coaches and uh just hoping for a real good football game to evaluate these uh these two teams. I wish it wasn't on during all the NFL games as well. That's uh I think been a bad bad move here having this game so far out and having it uh you know go up against the NFL. But uh, as a true FCS fan again, my eyes
1: will certainly be on this game. You just gotta find the corner of the sports bar and be like, hey, can I have this one right here? Yeah. I need the FCS national championship game. I love it. Hey, let's turn the leaf. What is twenty twenty four looking like for the Idaho Vandals? I'm excited. You know, again, I, I think, uh, you know, when I, when I took the job,
4: I kind of looked as a hey, year three would really be the, uh, the year, you know, you, you, have got your schemes implemented. You, uh, uh, you know, you're on the same page. You've, you've kind of brought some guys through the program that you recruited. Uh, so I'm very optimistic. You know, I think our, uh, our non-conference schedule is exciting. You know, we open up against the Oregon ducks and then get to play Wyoming. So two FBS schools right off the bat. And then, uh, play Albany, you know, again, who will have a rematch with, who got us and knocked us out in the playoffs. So I know our guys will be excited for that game. And then we go down, uh, to Abilene Christian. Uh, so have a kind of a, a couple intersectional non-conference matchups, which are kind of neat from FCS. You'll see those a lot. And then, uh, get into our conference slate and, uh, you know, the way the conference slate falls next year, you know, we miss a couple of good teams. We miss, uh, Montana and Sac state. Uh, so it's probably a little easier road in conference than we had this year, but, uh, You know, excited 12 game, you know, uh, slate next year for FCS, which is a little different and, uh, you know, very optimistic. We got to keep building on what we did. And, you know, my message to the players was it was, uh, you know, our jump probably, you know, we went three wins when we first got here. You know, the the staff had won four before we got there. Then we went from four to seven. And uh, even though that was a three game improvement, it was probably harder to go from seven to nine this year. And if we want to go to 10 wins and we want to go to 11 wins, it's going to be even harder. We're going to have to keep uh, beating really good teams and keep improving. But I certainly think uh, this team has it in it. And we got to really attack this offseason to continue to improve and continuing to grow our uh, championship behavior.
1: Is there a take that you have in your back pocket in regards to what the offseason has become in college football? Kids hitting the portal? bouncing all over the place you really just can't keep up with it right now you lose javani mccoy to oregon state anthony woods to utah is there something you want to get off your chest or kind of feelings kind of what you think
4: you know it's just different and you know really this has been uh you know going on in coach college football for a long time it's just been the coaches you know there's been a lot of <laughs> right uh, right right you know th- there's been great coaches who have come through idaho like dennis erickson you know who was here as a head coach and then ended up uh uh, you know, winning national championships at Miami and uh, getting a lot more money uh, to move. And that, that's that been a real common thing with coaches. Now it's just changed. And it's probably better that it's equitable. That now, the you know, now it's just not coaches who can get a bag. It's the other uh, players who can get a bag and, and move on. So, uh, you know, I, I see it as a positive for us. I think it speaks to our development uh, and our coaching and our, uh, our environment to get guys better, you know, through our weight room, through our nutrition. Uh, you know, we're probably going to end up having at least, you know, five guys, you know, get power five, not just scholarships, but power five deals where they're going to make six figures. Uh And again, that's why you, that's why you go to college, you go to college to get a good job and you know, provide for your family and things like that. So uh, I think we're helping those guys do that. So we're going to embrace it. Uh You know, again, I, I hope we can keep uh you know, having some guys like Hayden Hatton could have got the bag last year and left. So hopefully we'll have some guys like him who, you know, could get that money and turn it down. I know South Dakota State has a number of those guys this year who, could have went for a payday, but, uh, you know, wanted to stick together. And hopefully we'll have some guys there. But, uh, you know, we'll always support those guys when those opportunities come up. And, uh, you know, it's just a kind of new era. And, you know, we got to figure our way through it and adapt. And that's uh, that's kind of life. You know, those dinosaurs didn't adapt very well. That's why they're not around anymore. So I don't want to be a dinosaur. We're going to keep figuring it out and uh, navigating this new uh, atmosphere.
1: That dinosaur line right there is a banger. I'm going to start using that one. Uh, no. Really well said, Coach. Uh, appreciate you. Before we get you out of here, are you willing to give the audience a score prediction.
4: You know, I I think it's going to be a close game. You know, again, I I would probably think the uh you know, the Jack Rabbits by about seven, you know, but uh, you know, might not be in a little a little tighter defensively, you know, maybe maybe a uh you know 24-17 type game, but uh hoping for a really good football game both ways. And uh, you know, again, torn, you know, obviously you want the big sky conference to do well, but also have a lot of tight ties to those players back there at South Dakota State. So uh hoping for a really a really good football game and i think the jack rabbits probably won a close one but uh you never know
1: quick quick who owns the fcs the big sky or the missouri valley
4: uh well certainly the the valley has been owning it but i think the big sky is in the come up and again montana uh, pulling this upset this week i think would be a huge step forward for
1: the big sky love it love it hey that's gonna do it for our interview with the head coach of the Idaho vandals jason eck from myself kevin marshall And Vandal Nation, South Dakota State fans, Montana fans, we got a big one this Sunday. 2 p.m. kick on the East Coast. It's the Grizz. It's the Jacks. You got all the detail. You got a peek behind the curtain of somebody who used to call the shots for these Jacks, Mr. Jason Eck. Jason, thanks so much for joining the show, and good luck to you guys in 2024.
4: Thanks, Tony. Thanks,
1: Kev. Take care. stick, Stick with us during the break when we get back to the mailbag segment. We open it up to Twitter followers for you guys to pepper us with questions. We do the best we can to answer them. You're listening to FCS Nation Radio on the Palmetto Radio Network. Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. We're back. We're better than ever. It is the foursome that you guys have come to know and love. It's the mailbag segment where we open it up to all the Twitter followers for you guys to pepper us with questions, and then I throw them to the boys. The boys being Coach Gene Clements, Lucas Sem, and, of course, none other, the MVP, Mr. Kevin Marshall. Like I said, you guys throw the questions at us, and I throw them at the guys. You guys ready to rock and roll? Yep. We got a couple of questions in regards to the 605 Hogs. Let's start out with the dude abides at at Duder underscore McLovin. I do love the Big Lebowski. Which unit and which team will be the key to win this game? He says, I think I'm going with the 605 Hogs, the O-line for the Jacks. Do you guys think there's another unit, or are we all in consensus that it's the 605 Hogs? Gene, what do you got? Um, it's, it's definitely the Hogs.
2: It's, it's, it's Greenfield and all those guys. Um, I think that when you have a unit that's been playing together for two years straight, um, they know how to work off of each other. I had a great interview um, with him and he talked about that, how, they, how they're able to kind of understand and feel the game together and then when you put that three-headed monster behind that offensive line I just think that's going to be the difference in the game if they're able to do what they've been doing all season it's a wrap for it's a wrap for the FCF championship if not Montana has a chance Lucas Kevin is there another
1: group because I I do think we're all going to agree that it's the offensive line for South Dakota State but if there were another position group on either teams would there be one that's worthy of slipping in this conversation Luke
3: yeah I kind of like the Montana linebackers uh, between you know Levi Janicaro, Brad Jackson Hill, uh, Riley Wilson, and I don't know how much Grizz you guys are watching here, but Riley Wilson you watch him play in person and it's a whole nother level. You can see it. It shows, Riley. shows up in the box score for him, but he is explosive. I know the other guys, Montana guys, and rightfully so, get their recognition. But Riley is a dog and he spends more time in the backfield than the two of them, um, if you were to ask me. But those guys cause havoc. They trust their assignment. They trust one another. Um, they're explosive. They're fast. They defend well um, against the pass as well when they drop back. That unit has really shored up their defense. And honestly, that's helped the uh, defensive backs look good this year, too, because they've really only had to focus on, you know, not letting guys get behind them because that middle of the field's covered up. I like the Montana linebackers. And I think we're
0: talking an awful lot about the South Dakota State offensive line, but that group for the Grizz is not too shabby either, y'all. A.J. Forbes a good center. His snaps are true. We all saw how that hurt Alabama in the uh, FBS game just the other night. He'll get the snaps to McDowell where they need to be, and he'll do some things getting to the second level after he does so, and nobody's really asked Bobby Houck this Question, which was kind of shocking to me, how the three weeks off are going to help him maybe get back some of those guys who haven't played. I know against Furman, they were down to second and third teamers on that offensive line. So if they can get a couple guys back, one or two guys back, it'll be a different unit for that Grizz offensive line. Don't sell those boys short. Those boys from the Treasure State can play a little offensive line too.
1: All right. This is kind of a parlay off of that one, Luke. You take this one. This one, the rabbit hole at Run Rabbits one, kind of just wanting you to talk more about Montana. Montana's offensive line. He said a lot has been made about the 605 Hogs versus Montana D-line, but conversely, what will the South Dakota State D-line and the Montana O-line matchup
3: look like? That's another strength on strength matchup on um, the Montana mm-hmm. offensive line. Is very um, senior laden, veteran laden, and that that's a good line that hasn't allowed a lot of sacks this year. I know when you look at the big sky, they're towards the top of that list, uh, with fewest sacks. But um, they are susceptible to some pressure, and that's why we've seen a lot of Clifton McDowell running around this year, and he's good at it, so it's not the worst thing. But um, against a team like SDSU, who might you know shore up those edges a little bit more, it's gonna be harder for him to find some space. So um the Montana offensive line's really gonna have to show up and have their best game of the year. I think they're more than capable of doing that. Um, um, that's just a strength and strength matchup.
1: Look alive, Coach Gene Clemens here. This one from Adam Lamarise at All Sports Fan Twenty Four says: Can Montana keep the momentum going after an OT win in the quarterfinals, plus a double OT win in the semis? Can they keep it going?
2: Absolutely, they're playing with house money. What do they have to lose? Look at what look at what Vegas believes they're going to do down there. Vegas doesn't have any any faith. Whenever you give someone a double digit um spread in a championship game, that means you don't have faith in them to go out there and be competitive. So they're playing with house money. They've got a lot of people that are going to return to this team next year. They've already exceeded expectations from what was going on back when they lost earlier in the the season and it looked like the wheels are about to fall off the program. So anything that they do right now, there's no pressure on them. Like they, they don't have to protect an undefeated season. They don't have to like worry about like the expectations of a championship other than what you normally get when you go to Montana. And so they can come in a lot freer. I think we can see the best Montana we've seen thus far in this game.
1: Okay, let me ask you, Kev, and then you, Lucas. Is Montana actually playing with zero expectations Sunday, January 7th?
2: If you
0: play for Montana, you are never playing without expectations. Those Grizz fans expect you not only to be good, but to have some style doing it, y'all. They like that here a lot. And the style that they like is don't let the first guy tackle you. If you're Nick Osmo, put your head down. Get three more yards. The Grizz fans will love you forever. You'll never have to buy another beer at Reds in your life. This is what's right at these Grizz football players' hands is is immortality in the state of Montana, which is what they have an opportunity to grasp on Sunday in Frisco, Texas.
1: Lucas, what say you? These guys playing with house money?
3: No, I'm on board with Kevin. If you play at Montana, you know what the expectation is. And it has it's been a long time since uh, you know, they've been there, but even if those expectations are self-created, they expect to be there. And this is Bobby's fourth time being there. He hasn't gotten one yet. You know they're going to want to get him one.
1: All right. Shout out to none other than Mr. Bobby Harden, a legend at FanTalk 989. Kev, you take the reins here. What TV genius thought it was a good idea to play the championship game on a Sunday on the final weekend of the National Football League.
0: Bobby Harton from ESPN Radio in Charleston, a legend. I was very pleased that he chimed in here. makes me happy when people I grew up listening to and respected and still respect chime in on our content. I really like that. And I think the answer to that is, look, those of us of a certain age will remember that while the other two networks had NFL football on, ABC always had the wide, wide world of sports on, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. So they really have no football, right, other than Monday Night Football. This was purely a decision to move this game to Sunday because they had no football. And the fact that they're going to put the FCS title game on, about a million people will probably end up watching it. And they're good with that number in that time slot, evidently. You know, I don't care if they played at 6.30 in the morning, uh, 10.30 at night, I'm ready for this thing. It's going to be a really good game. And I think people who are thinking it's going to be a blowout, got another thing coming.
1: We got some exclusive merch dropping. Kind of give everybody the lay of the land. It'll be out there in Frisco with us. I'm not going to say how many pieces, but you do the honors.
2: Listen, it's our first merch drop ever over here at FCS Nation. We wanted to do something that represented both teams, that represented the game as a whole because as where we represent, we don't represent the Jacks. We don't represent the Grizz. We root for both teams. We root for great football. And so our our t-shirt that we have is going to be available in black, going to be available in white. There are 100 pieces, ladies and gentlemen. 100 pieces that will be available down in Frisco. If you don't get it, then you'll never get it again. This is a limited edition exclusive t-shirt. Our first drop um of, of what we hope will be more drops in the future. So if you want to take advantage, if you want to get on, if you want to support what we do at FCS Nation Radio, we really would appreciate it. Check us out wherever we're going to be. You'll see us. Look for the tall, doofy black guy and a bunch of white dudes around him, and you'll see us
1: there. <laughs> Again, to check out some of the interviews, you'll see some of the merch as well. We're going to put articles out, fcsnationradio.com. Hey, that's going to do it for the mailbag segment. On the other side, you got the picks, so stick with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation Radio on the Palmetto Radio network thanks for sticking with us during the break you're listening to fcs nation radio on the palmetto radio network we have arrived it is here. National Championship Week. It's the pick segment. You've made it all the way here. We're going to pick them. We're going to give you scores. We're going to give you reasons why we went with those scores. Lucas, take it away here. It's the Jacks. It's the Grizz. We can wait no longer. What do you got?
3: Yeah, I'm going to go with SDSU winning the game. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to go under the point total in terms of betting. I'm not sure what the number is, but I'm just going to say under. Um, both defenses are just elite and I think SDSU is just going to nickel and dime and bleed out the Grizz defense a little bit more. and until sustain on the other side on their defense so i got the jackrabbits 24 14
1: gene toyota stadium january 7th the jacks and the grizz the grizz and the jacks where you going who you like and why well first i want
2: to give respect to montana i I think that they have a path to victory for me it's that's going to come via defense and special teams the special teams unit especially will south dakota state allow hubris to take over and say you know what we're going to do what we've done all year we're not going to junior bergen's not going to beat us we we know what to expect and if they decide they want to kick him a ball and he gets an opportunity to take one to the crib and changes that momentum, changes that juice that's going on in the stadium, this can be a different game. But ultimately, what I believe will happen is South Dakota State will be able to strike early. It will then force Montana into playing catch-up. That will eventually do what South Dakota State has done to every single team, which is drown them. And and it'll just be a snowball effect. It'll be close for three quarters. And in the fourth quarter, South Dakota State will add up one, maybe two extra touchdowns to put this thing out of reach to cover and to take the game over i like the jacks to win this thing 34 17. before i go to kevin marshall luke if
3: montana does win how do they do it? It's going to have to be near flawless. I I hate to say that at this level, especially in a championship game, you expect it to be evenly matched. And again, I said, I do think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. But the difference is that South Dakota State has NFL players, the Grizz don't, and they're just going to have to play perfect in all facets. And like Gene said, they're going to have to have to score on special teams, I think, for them to have a chance to win, not get a long return. They're going to have to score on special teams to have a chance. Um, I think they're always do enough to hang around and be but i guess to answer your question long story short uh they're just gonna have to be perfect
1: all right you heard it right there lucas Sam, if the grizz want to win gonna have to be near flawless all right for the granddaddy of them all sorry Kev, i kind of just called you old listen kevin marshall you're on the clock it's the jacks it's the grizz who the hell you taking and why and give us a score line
0: look y'all before i do that we all remember that Holy Cross game that South Dakota State played in the playoffs last year, right? Where a mobile quarterback was able to get out of the pocket, make some plays with his arm, make some plays with his legs, and they hung around. And then the Jacks put on a couple touchdowns there towards the end, which made it appear worse than it was. And Gene, I know that was when I kind of woke up to who Holy Cross could be. You had been trying to tell me, and but I think this ball game is going to look a lot like that one, I think. I think after three quarters, this might be a 21-a-piece type ball game. 24-21, something like that. But I think that that group that we talked about in the mailbag segment has started, those 6.05 hogs for South Dakota State are just going to be able to lean on Montana in the fourth quarter. That is not a very beefy defensive line for Montana. You've got... Alex Gubner, who's the Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year, and for some reason isn't on people's first-team All-America list, which, is, which blows my mind, right? Which tells me they haven't watched much football this year. But the other guys are not 280-pound guys. They're just not. They're edge rushers who are playing kind of out of position for speed. And I think you're going to see – those six oh five hogs lean all over Montana in the fourth quarter, and the Jacks will win their second straight national championship. Take South Dakota State over Montana 35 to 21.
1: Make it apparent that Mark has to beat you with his arm. That's how you do it if you're Montana. There are plenty of paths. They're way faster. They're way more explosive than anything that Jack the Jacks have. And that's just how I feel. But with all that being said, I'm going with South Dakota State. Okay, they're gonna win this game. <laughs> listen, listen, I just think that they're going to be able to milk the clock on the time of possession and try to keep the ball out of Montana's hands. It's not going to be flashy. I do think it stays under the total for a final score of South Dakota State, 28, Montana, 21. This total sits at 49 and a half. I think it gets right under the number. Any disputes with any of the things that I said? I really, really, really think Montana is more than deserving to be less than double digit underdogs in this
3: game. Yeah, they got back Henry Noose, a local Montana guy who was a big piece of their defensive line last year, and there was really no coverage about it. All of a sudden, uh, I see Tyler Huff go down with a sack and it's Noose. Uh, The Noose is loose again. So we'll see what happens. They got him at their disposal, um, you know. And Kale Edwards, I've heard people are on the program say they think he's the next guy who has the best chance at the league. Um, so I don't think that that uh, unit can be slept on.
2: I just, I just want to remind people that this was the what, what Stone described was the game plan that North Dakota State tried to employ last year, and it got ugly and it got ugly quick. And again, this is all due respect to Montana Alex Governor. I had a great interview with him, by the way. Another shameless plug. You want to make sure that you um hit us up on that on that website. And That's check his out nation. Radio.com. Fcsnationradio.com. You want to make sure you check that out. That was a great conversation. But like I, I think that North Dakota State didn't have dudes. Montana has dudes. Okay. Well, you could say they didn't have dudes, but those dudes were in national championships like every single year. You know, so I mean they could not have dudes, but those dudes are getting to the chip. And Montana's dudes have not been getting to the chip. Like it's not like we're we're looking at a Montana team that's just been dominating people for the past two to three years. They need they somebody, look- they
1: needed somebody to drive drive the boat. They got themselves they, a cap. Hey, and and and
2: that's why they're here right now, but North Dakota State has been wrecking shop defensively for years on years. They went in there and South Dakota St- South Dakota State, excuse me, steamrolled them after they had already steamrolled them in the regular season. You don't have to play the common opponent now. You got to play the Jack, and the Jacks are going to be fully loaded, healthy, ready to go. They weren't even fully healthy last year. They walked in with people that were crippled trying to play. Like this is the I, I just the, the three-headed monster in the backfield for South Dakota State. I know Davis gets all the praise. I said that he was the best player on the field. The second best player on the field might be the backup running back. Damn right. I'm just saying, like, we, we've got to put some respect on these Jacks' names when we're talking about what they bring to the table with the athleticism. I do agree with you that the Grizz has some advantage. They have advantages with some of the athletes they put on the field, but I don't think they have, they have the advantage when it comes to those trenches. And as we all know, that's where the game gets won. All
1: right. Well, there you have it. FCS Nation Radio, the crew, four for four, South Dakota State Jackrabbits, going back to back, defending the national championship belt. Kevin, why don't you take us home here? One of the last episodes of the season. You got any nice words for anybody? You want to go after anybody? Just wrap this thing up, baby.
0: We'll wrap up the season
1: next week with
0: our last show of the year, so make sure you stay tuned to that. Hopefully, the four of us aren't eating big old plates of crow with no sauce, no salt, no pepper, Mm -hmm. you know? But it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, right? Because there'd be some people who are really important there'll be some people who are really important to me who I live around who will be extremely happy. So, look, we win either way, right? That brings us to the end of another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. I'd like to thank Coach Gene Clement and Lucas Sim for being here this week and next week and their contributions all season long. Our show is produced and co-hosted by Mr. Stone Lebanowitz I'm executive producer and host Kevin Marshall thanking you for making FCS Nation a small part of your football week. Like I always do, y'all, I'd like to remind you that life's a lot like football. You play by the rules and the penalties won't kill Till next week. So long, everybody.